Hello, and welcome back to the Barefoot Books podcast. In this memorable Indonesian Cinderella story, tomorrow's kindness to a crocodile does not go unrewarded. After the story, go to barefootbooks.com to find the complete Fabrics of Fairy Tale collection. This is the story of the crocodile's blessing, an Indonesian story about batik. Once there was a beautiful young girl called Damura, who lived with her father, stepmother and stepsister in a village by the edge of a great river. Everyone loved Damura. She always had a piece of fruit to share with the children who played on the streets, rice for the poor and a comforting word for the elderly. As she went about her work, she would sing happily and the birds and the butterflies would hover above her in a halo of rainbow colours. Damura's father was a fisherman, whose work often took him far away. Then Damura's stepmother gave Damura the hardest work to do. But Damura never complained. As the years passed, Damura grew into a handsome young woman. Soon suitors would be lining up outside the home to ask the old fisherman for his daughter's hand in marriage. One day Damura's stepmother called her to her. Damura! The head of the village is coming for a meal tomorrow. You are to take all the furnishings and our clothes down to the river and scrub them well, she ordered. Damura had done all the household washing only two days ago, but she also knew it was pointless to argue with her stepmother. So she gathered together all she needed and walked down to the river. But as she began washing her stepmother's finest sarong, The fast-flowing current snatched the cloth from her hands and swept it downstream. Damura gave a cry of despair. The river was deep, and the current was strong, and the sarong quickly swept round a bend in the river. What was Damura to do? Heaving the basket of washing up higher onto the bank, she set off after the sarong, hoping that the river might sweep it up onto the bank further downstream. She walked for hours along the river bank until the sun sank low in the west. Then she sat down and began to weep. Damura, why are you weeping here by the river? came a voice. Is the sea not salty enough? Damura looked up. As she gazed out across the water, she noticed two large saucer-like eyes peering at her. They were the eyes of a crocodile. Demura was frightened of crocodiles, but she answered politely. How kind you are, crocodile, to spare a thought for me. Had I known my tears were disturbing you, I would have caught them all. But I fear they may be too many even for the sea, for the river has taken my stepmother's finest sarong, and I dare not return home without it. Damura, the crocodile replied. Do not despair, I will help you, but first you must help me. Climb upon my back. Damura hesitated. The crocodile was large, with big gleaming teeth. Still, better to be eaten by a crocodile than to return home without the sarong. She waded out into the water and climbed onto the crocodile's back. Hold on tightly, Damura the crocodile called, 
as it flicked its long leathery tail and dived under the water. The silty brown water of the river filled Demura's eyes and nose, but she held on tightly. Soon the crocodile resurfaced by a cave of branches. It slapped its tail loudly, and from the cave appeared a baby crocodile. Damura, if you sit here and mind my child, I will find the lost sarong for you, the crocodile said. Damura nodded, and for a second time the crocodile disappeared beneath the surface of the river. Damura sat down by the baby crocodile, who curled up alongside. She began to sing the baby songs of the river and sea. She sung about the crocodiles who lived in the river, about their swiftness, strength and cunning, about the warm sun that caressed their bodies. She sang of the sweetness of the baby crocodile, and finally the baby crocodile fell asleep. Ah, Damura, you have taken good care of my baby, came the voice of the mother crocodile, and I have found your sarong. Sure enough, there in the crocodile's mouth was the sarong. Damura thanked the crocodile. From your mouth comes only sweetness, replied the crocodile, and I will make it sweeter still. Drink from the river, Damura, and speak to no one until you reach your home. Damura did as she was told. Then the crocodile carried her back to the bank where her basket stood, the washing all clean, dry, and neatly folded. Damura hurried home. Just as she was about to explain why she was so late, gold coins showered from her mouth to the floor. The stepmother and father listened in amazement as Damura told them of her adventure. The stepmother resolved to send her own daughter to the river. The next morning, the stepdaughter took the basket of washing down to the river. She was a lazy girl, and for a time she sat on the banks of the river playing with her hair. After a while, she picked out her mother's finest sarong and hurled it out into the middle of the river. Then she began to walk downstream. The branches caught on her blouse and snagged in her hair, and she cursed the river and the trouble it was causing her. Scratched and dishevelled, she sat down and began to cry. Why do you cry? came the deep watery voice. Is the sea not salty enough? Why shouldn't I cry? the stepdaughter snapped back at the crocodile. Look at my clothes, all ripped and ragged, and my skin, all speckled and lumpy with mosquito bites. And look at me, forced to walk along this river to find my mother's sarong. Do not speak so unkindly of your fate. I will help you if you will help me, replied the crocodile. Just climb onto my back. The girl clambered ungraciously onto the crocodile's back. Oh, how clammy and cold your skin is, she cried. The crocodile flicked its long tail and dived under the water. The stepdaughter opened her mouth to scream, but the silty brown water rushed in and choked her. Spluttering and cursing, the girl surfaced on the crocodile's back outside the cave of branches. Again, the crocodile struck its tail on the riverbank, and the baby crocodile appeared. If you will sit here and look after my baby, I will go and look for your sarong, said the crocodile. Then it disappeared back into the river. 
horrible lizard, hissed the girl as she pushed the baby crocodile away with one foot. You stay away from me, you nasty, slimy creature. The stepdaughter perched on a rock where the baby could not reach her and began to sing. But her songs were bitter and full of complaint. The baby crocodile began to wail and call for its mother, who immediately surfaced from the river, the sarong wet and limp in her mouth. From your mouth comes only filth, growled the crocodile, and you have made my baby cry. Drink from this river to wash those foul words away, and mind you speak to no one until you reach home. The stepdaughter took a small sip from the river, then rudely snatched the sarong. Scrambling back to the basket of washing, she found it tipped over, and the clothes all soiled and wet. Angrily, she stomped home. As the stepdaughter stumbled in through the door of the house, she was greeted by her parents in the head of the village. The girl was scratched, ragged, muddy and wet, and when she spoke, not gold, but rocks fell from her mouth. Damura hurried from the kitchen to take the basket of soiled laundry from her sister and to comfort her. The village head looked at the stepdaughter with surprise and at Damura with admiration. Then turning politely to the parents, he exclaimed, What beautiful daughters you have! I would be most pleased if you would all attend a feast that I am holding in my son's honour. For the next week, there was nothing but talk of the feast. Of course, Damura, it will be impossible for you to go, for you have nothing to wear, said the stepmother unkindly to the girl. With a heavy heart, Damura continued to help her stepmother and sister prepare for the feast. They wore the finest, brightly coloured sarongs and lace kabayas. Bracelets and rings encircled their wrists and fingers, and Damura brushed their long, dark hair until it shone. Where is Damura? asked the father as they were about to leave. Ah, poor Damura, lied the stepmother. She does not feel well, and so will not be joining us this evening. Once they had left, Damura walked down to the river and sat on the bank. She stared up at the silvery moon, and a tear rolled down her face. Ah, Damura, why do you weep? came a familiar voice. Is the sea not salty enough? Oh, crocodile, it is you. How kind you have been to me. There is little kindness in my world, sighed Demura. My family have gone to the feast, but I am here alone, for I have nothing to wear. Do not weep, Demura, or I will help you, smiled the crocodile. Come a little closer and climb into my mouth. Damura walked towards the crocodile, although her legs trembled with fear. She lifted the skirts of her sarong and stepped inside the huge yawning mouth of the crocodile. Gleaming in the darkness, she saw a finely woven Prada cloth, the batik glittering with painted gold leaf, the finest lace kabaya, a jacket of golden silk and dainty golden sandals. Dress yourself quickly, came the crocodile's low, rumbling voice. When Demura stepped from the mouth of the crocodile, she was as radiant as the moon itself. Her hair gleamed thick and dark, like the night river, 
and her eyes twinkled like the stars above. The crocodile thumped its tail twice on the riverbank, and Amura found herself standing outside the house of the village head. From inside came the sound of music and laughter. The aroma of rich food and fresh tropical fruit filled the night air. Sitting alone outside was the son of the village head. He was handsomely dressed, but he seemed bored and unhappy. When he caught sight of Demura, he smiled. I see that you too are hiding from all the noise and people, he said to her. It is like a room full of monkeys. Demura laughed, and the young man invited her to sit with him. All evening the two of them talked, but at dawn Demura stood up to leave. I have never known an evening to be so short or so interesting, exclaimed the son of the village head, taking Demura by the hand. Please, tell me your name and where you come from, so that I may see you again. Fearing her stepmother's anger, Demura shook her head and ran from the house, but in her hurry, one of her golden sandals fell from her foot and lay in the dust. The son of the village head ran after Demura and stumbled upon the fallen sandal. He examined the beautifully crafted shoe with sorrow. Would he ever see its owner again? Returning to his father's house, he declared that he would marry the woman who possessed the other sandal. The village head sent his servants out into the village. At each house, they were greeted by eager women who tried desperately to convince the servants that the sandal was indeed theirs. But the sandal would fit no one, and the other shoe was nowhere to be found. Finally, the servants knocked upon the door of the small house on the edge of the river. The Mura answered, but was quickly pushed aside by her stepmother and sister. Both tried the sandal, but their feet were too coarse and large to fit it. What about the young woman in the corner? asked the servant. What? The Mura? they snorted. She didn't even go to the feast. But the servant stretched out the sandal towards the Mura, who took it and slipped it on her foot. Then she reached into the folds of her sarong and took out the other sandal. The stepmother and daughter looked on with a mixture of surprise and horror. I shall take you now to the house of the village head, smiled the servant. The Mura and the son of the village head were married at once, and they lived together in great contentment. As long as the river was their happiness, and as deep as the sea was their love. for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Now you can visit barefootbooks.com slash podcast to find special offers, join our email list, and listen to past episodes of the Barefoot Books podcast. See you next week. Bye.